Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Arizona Coyotes. We are joined by Carl Pavlock of Five for Howling, which is one of my favorite SB Nation blog names. Carl, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, Yeah, so I was just like, sometimes I always joke that I'm going to like release the little pre-interview conversations that I have with people because they're often hilarious, but I was just peek behind the curtain. I was just telling Carl, I'm like, yeah, so I uh, don't pay attention to the Western Conference and I actively forget all the time that the Arizona Coyotes are an actually good hockey team now and they're not just like hanging out there filling in space in the Western Conference. So we're going to learn some stuff, all of us together, about the Arizona Coyotes today. Um, The first thing I want to ask you is just kind of, um, did you expect for them to be so good? If you guys don't know, they are second in the uh Pacific. Pacific. Good lord, my brain. Yeah, second in the Pacific, fourth overall in the Western Conference. So, you know, not too shabby. Did you expect them to be this good this season? Um, I expected them to be a lot better. I didn't necessarily oh. expect them to be this good. Um, so sorry, I phrased that kind of weird. Uh <laughs> better than last season. Okay. Um, the I think key to the Coyotes being where they're at right now is they've been getting really solid goaltending, but the Pacific Division is also just a dumpster fire uh, in terms of what anyone would have predicted. I don't think anyone foresaw the Edmonton Oilers leading right? the division. Although, um, to be fair, that's pretty much just McDavid and Dreisaitl reincarnating uh, Gretzky and what's-his-face. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I didn't think anyone was going to be like, let's just play McDavid and Dreisaitl for 25 minutes a game. Yeah. That'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Seems to work, though, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, like, looking at the other teams, like, the Sharks started off terrible. The Flames are not good. Like, those were, like, some of the top teams in the, you know, conference last season. And they're just struggling. So, I think it's a, a lot of the Coyotes seizing an opportunity. Uh, is why they're second in the division right now and really close to getting first if they can take the, overtake the Oilers. I expect them to be like a bubble team, not okay. like this. Yeah, so it's um, kind of what's been driving their success. Do you think it's kind of just like some early season luck? Do you think this is like a inflated PDO thing and they're eventually going to fall back down to earth? Or do you think this is a sustainable level of success for them? I think the biggest driver of success has definitely been goaltending. Darcy Kemper has been lights out. He, I believe, still leads the NHL in save percentage right now. And he's got Antti Ranta as the second part of that tandem, which is, and he's been great too. Uh, I am not sure that that Kemper could be a 9-3-0 goaltender for the rest of the season. That seems a bit unsustainable. It's a lot, I can, yeah. Yeah. I can expect a little bit of a drop, but I think we're also not getting as much offense as we should be. So I can see that maybe going up and kind of equalizing. I'm not sure. Being a Coyotes fan has taught me not to be optimistic about things. You know what's funny is so many people that I talk to say that kind of thing, and I think it's just the state of being a hockey fan. You yes. cannot rely on your team to do anything reliable at any time. <laughs> yeah. 
Unless you were a fan of the Red Wings when they went, like, what, 25 seasons in a row. Like, as a hockey fan, you just have to learn to be disappointed with things. And you're like, well, I'm not allowed to be happy until I'm happy. And then, even then, I'm going to worry about the next thing that's going to make me unhappy. It's true. (laughs) It's kind of how we live. So, um, you talked about the offense being a bit bit more disappointing than you expected. Um, One of the newer additions to the team obviously is Phil Kessel which is kind of a big deal um how's he looked so far for you guys it's really tough to say because there are flashes of Kessel being Kessel and just doing something great like his transition game is good like he'll be doing things in the offensive zone you're like man that looks great he's actually pretty okay defensively which is kind Mm. of surprising giving like his reputation but I think under Tocket he's definitely working harder at that but he's he's not scoring the goals that we had hoped he would I mean he's got 15 points which is fine um but he's only got four goals and like the team kind of brought him in to score goals and he's not really doing that yet I think it's just taking a little bit more time to adjust he's not playing with the same caliber of players that he was yeah Pittsburgh or even Toronto but he's definitely a key piece of the offense I just want to get more goals from him yeah I actually was just um kind of scrolling through Twitter and and saw a thing about him that he's um happy the team's winning but he is not at all pleased with his performance thus far with the team yeah and that sounds about right yeah Uh, I know the team struggled to find a, a spot for him. Like, he's played with Clayton Keller a bit. He's played with Nick Schmaltz. He's recently found some time with um, with Lawson Krause. He, once I think he finds his spot, he'll, he'll generate a lot more. So speaking of, as I said, we're all going to be learning together about the Arizona Coyotes today. Nick Schmaltz. Who the hell is Nick Schmaltz and where did he come from? Because he's leading your team in scoring right now. Yes. Uh, So Nick Schmaltz was acquired from the Chicago Blackhawks last season for Mm -hmm. Dylan Strome and Brandon Perley. And he immediately did the thing that all the Coyotes were doing last season and he got hurt and like his season ended, which allowed the narrative to really go that Chicago won the trade by getting Strome. And... This may not be something that uh, I think a lot of people necessarily know about. It's been infuriating for Coyotes fans. (laughs) It's like, it's been half a season. You can't say who won the trade yet. Um, No, people always want to declare the winner immediately. Just like, yeah. yeah. In this case, it's like, it's two really young players. Like, just everyone calm down. Um, But Schmaltz came in, he had instant chemistry with Clayton Keller, and we're like, all right, this is going to be a good kind of pairing. Uh, GM uh, John Chaka signed him to a long-term deal for decent money, but, you know, it was kind of one of those deals where it's like, hey, if he can produce, that'll be a steal in like three seasons, and it's looking like a steal now. Uh, The great thing about Schmaltz is he's found a lot of success, not just with Clayton Keller. Uh, he's been playing a lot with Christian Dvorak and Connor Garland this season, and that line just looks amazing. Um, he's a really effective playmaker. I'd like to see him score more, but like he's definitely a building block for this team that I don't think anyone really predicted. Yeah, so I noticed that 
the obviously this game is in Philadelphia and the Coyotes are one of the stronger road teams in the league so far this season. Um, what is it about their play on the road that's been leading to so much success? I have no clue. <laughs> you know, what? Really I, as that question was coming out of my mouth, I was like, you know what? That's just one of those things that happens. And nobody yeah. ever knows why. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I could say all the cliches. It's a more simplified game. But there are just times where I watch them on the road, and I'm like, all right, we got this one. We're, we're down by two. We got this one. But then I watch them at home, and I'm just like, all right, they scored once on us. I don't think we can come back. Um, <laughs> it's it's not exactly night and day because we're not terrible at home, but it is definitely when the team encounters a setback on the road, you can tell that they're just ready to be like, all right, we're going to recover. We're going to get mm-hmm. this back. Okay. The next thing I want to ask you about, um, Rick Tockett and John Chayka. Um I, we always kind of talk about the Carolina Hurricanes as a team that was built for success a long time without actually having any success. And, you know, it was smart guys like Eric Tulski who put that team together and people were doubting it. And then all of a sudden it just started to click and now they're, you know, outstanding. Um, Chayka, I think, is another one of those super smart, not hockey man, hockey guys um, that's been charged with putting this team together. Do you think that this is kind of a similar thing that this has been like a slow build that he's been putting together that would lead this team to success. And now it's just starting to click. I think so. Um, I think he makes a lot of little tweaks throughout the season and they tend to turn out really well. It's definitely been a process, like looking at some of the leaders of the team that he brought in, like it was through drafting and trading picks and trading cap hits. Mm -hmm. Um, like, there's a reason why we still have Marion Hosa on the team, uh, technically, uh, because that allowed us to bring in, I forget who we brought in with that, um, uh, uh, Vinny Hinnestroza and Jordan Osterley. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason we have Jacob Chikrin was because we traded up uh, and acquired Pavel Datsuk's contract. Like, and I think those moves would take time, like, Chikrin, for example, was able to jump into the league right away, but this season is like really taking it up another level. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the biggest kind of move this past offseason, other than Kessel, was we acquired Carl Soderberg for Kevin Connaughton. Connaughton's currently in the AHL. Soderberg has eight goals and seven assists. Like, yeah. And there's a lot of these kind of moves that Chaco was making the entire time. And I feel like he's got a good relationship with Tockett, so they kind of he knows what players they want him to acquire. Yeah, it's interesting because it's a team like Arizona obviously isn't going to go out and spend a whole bunch of money on free agents, so they have kind of had to build slowly through drafting, yeah. through these kinds of like chess move trades that at the time might not look like much, but obviously, like you said, they seem to be paying off. So that's good. Yeah. And especially the team, like, historically was just terrible at drafting. Mm-hmm. It's one of the more depressing aspects of looking into Coyotes history. Like, <laughs> in the NHL ownership era and, like, immediately after, like, the scouting department was, I think the, the story goes we had one person for Europe. Um, and that's not enough. Uh, 
I'm not sure if this is actually true, but it's become kind of fan legend that Mikhail Bodker was the person who told the team about Oliver Ekman Larson. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I know you just drafted me. There's this one guy, Oliver Ekman Larson. You should take a run at him. And that's Love really that not fun. the way it should go. Yeah, Probably not, but, you know, I guess it's good to have a little bit of inside information in there. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, it's definitely, Jake has taken a lot of steps to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I think we've been drafting a lot better. And mm-hmm. like you said, we're technically a cap team right now, I think, but we're not going to be spending a lot of money. It's just not the market for that yet. Right. Um, do you see it? the market kind of building out there does it seem like it's becoming more popular yeah yeah definitely um it's something i always like to talk about when i first started watching and writing about the coyotes it was then the phoenix coyotes and the uh, the sun dogs up in the chl Mm -hmm. i think but now Arizona State University has an NCAA program. The Tucson Roadrunners are a thing, and they're playing really well and kind of building that market as well. And they have their own kind of hockey traditions there. If you go to a Roadrunners game, despite it only being two hours south of Phoenix, like, they're doing their own things. It's kind of a weird thing to go to. Like, it seems like hockey is becoming a lot more popular throughout the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my obligatory plug that Austin Matthews was born in Scottsdale. We always right. have to talk about that. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, they say all the time that like if the Arizona Coyotes didn't exist, Austin Matthews probably would not exist either in his current form. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about um, kind of the big things that have been going well for the team. Kemper's play, um, the top line that's clicking really well. What's something that might give the Flyers fits in this game that's kind of separate from those big-name things? Hmm. Special teams, good. Second line, depth scoring. What's going on there? Uh, Well, it's definitely not the special teams. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're pretty not good. Um, Secondary scoring, like, it's definitely a fairly balanced scoring approach. Um, Other than, like, Connor Garland, Christian Dvorak, who have 10 and 8 goals, respectively. Like, there's a lot of players with over 5, which, you know, isn't too crazy, but it's also something that I think the team's been lacking for a while. We didn't have a single player who scored over 20 goals last season. And I think right now, potentially, we could have another... We could have six. Um of course, we're we're likely going to have three, but I could see three of the other players like really kind of stepping up as well. So secondary scoring is good, definitely going to be key. I think um, other than Clayton Keller getting a goal in our last game against the Blue Jackets, the other ones came from Lawson Krause and um, Christian Fisher. Mm, so okay. can't really count on any one line to let it go easy for you. Uh, Fourth line is kind of a a different kind of slower down pace, but you know, yeah, they, typical they can fourth still line. Score. Yeah, they're they're a fourth line. What do you want? Is there any one player that we may not have heard of in particular that you think we should keep an eye out for? Hmm. Connor Garland. Okay. Uh, I don't think anyone really heard of him 
uh, which makes sense. He was drafted uh, 123rd overall. Uh, yeah, in 2015. I mean, before we started talking, I was in the Broadstreet Hockey Slack chat looking at the roster going, who the hell is Connor Garland? Like, <laughs> where yeah. did he come from? <laughs> so this is perfect. Yeah, he he really did come out of nowhere. Um, last season, he came up, had 13 goals in 47 games. Just by, like, playing a fairly simple game, like, he goes to the net one of his goals came in off his head last season, which kind of shows like what kind of player he is. Uh, and then after being taken off the ice bleeding, he came back and scored a second goal. Uh, he's like a really tough, small player who will get into the dirty areas and can score. And I don't think anyone necessarily saw him coming. Uh, he's not the best overall player. Uh, like, he only has five assists. I don't think he necessarily generates well for his line, but he can he can put him away. And I think the league is really starting to turn around on him. Like as he leads the team in goals, like he's going to be one of those players that you talk about, and you're like, who is this guy? Came from nowhere, mm-hmm. reinvented his game in the AHL, just kind of is playing a really solid NHL game. Okay. So if Elaine Vigneault called you into his office and said, Carl, I will give you 100 American dollars to tell me exactly how my team can beat the Arizona Coyotes, what would be the the one glaring weakness that you think the Flyers could exploit? Special teams. Um, we can barely score with a man advantage. It is embarrassingly frustrating at times, uh, especially with Kessel. Like, yeah, that's that was wild. Kind of, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. And then, uh, despite being one of the better penalty kill units last season, we're just kind of average. Like last season, we were known for I think third best penalty kill, second most shorthanded goals, and it just hasn't been clicking this uh, this season. Mm. So, if you could, you know get the Coyotes to be down a man, or even give them a a power play. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In Arizona, we've long joked about declining power play opportunities. Mm. uh, Sometimes wish that could still happen. Yeah. That's interesting with Kessel. We're actually having a similar problem in Philly with James Van Riemsdyk, and that you kind of expected that he would be the guy to just, like, pop in – 20 30 goals easy on the power play and he just cannot buy a goal and it's been very frustrating so very interesting that parallel there yeah definitely so from all the way out there in arizona what is your impression of the flyers so far this season is there any player that you're looking forward to seeing any excitement surrounding this game uh i mean it's tough because as much as you don't necessarily follow the West, it's tougher for me to follow the East as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. With my current job, I'm going to be missing this game because it starts at five and it's like, right. well, I get home at 730. So <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised when I did the preview on Five for Howling for this game and seeing where the Flyers are at and just the goals ending you guys have been getting um, going it's all the way good. back to yeah 
I remember when you guys got Ilya Brzgala from us, and I was like, that seems like it's going to just curse their goaltending for the rest of history. Uh, but <laughs> we'll see the yeah. funny part about it was already cursed for all of history <laughs> when we got this, so he couldn't hurt it. But it would appear that. And we're all like crossing our fingers and knocking on all of the wooden things in Philadelphia that Carter Hart actually is legit because so far it seems like he is. And with him playing well, you don't have to play Brian Elliott so much. And when you don't play Brian Elliott very much, he's a pretty solid backup. So it's been going well. Yeah. And you yeah, guys it... are going to be seeing Elliott. So that'll oh, be interesting. That's yeah. good. Um, yeah. Um, I don't, I was kind of surprised just like, the the lack of impression I had for Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that shouldn't be. I'm trying to think of a way that makes this not sound terribly me ill informed. Uh, where you guys finished last season versus yeah. where you're at now, I'm just like, what happened? I don't remember any big moves happening from you in the off season. I think New Jersey got a lot more of that press. Like, yeah, I think you guys just quietly got like a lot better and uh, yeah there was some there was some good addition by subtraction um the whole the whole front office revamp that happened in the middle of last season was a big deal because I think that the coaching staff and the general manager were like slowly killing the souls of all of the hockey players on the flyers um so that's been a turnaround they've also um yeah, it was some kind of, like, small moves. Like, they traded Radko Gudis for Matt Niskanen, and that's been working out really well. Um, they brought in Kevin Hayes as a free agent, and he's been outstanding for us so far. They brought up a couple of kids from the AHL who are playing really well. So it has been just kind of small things. Um, and it's really fun to see because, like you said, New Jersey was getting all of the we won the offseason press, and they're terrible, and it's very satisfying <laughs> as a flag yes. fan for that to be the case. <laughs> Um, oh, that is always great when another when a fan base gets so much praise and they just stumble. You're like, ha! It's fantastic. It's, uh, it's one of the it. favorite things about being in the Pacific. Just seeing the Oilers struggle year after year. You're like, <laughs> they have so much talent. It's like, eh, whatever. Um, but we don't get to do that this year. Yeah, so it's I like these kinds of games. They're fun because, like you said, you know. Like I said, I don't pay too much attention to the Arizona Coyotes. You don't pay too much attention to the Flyers. So we'll both get to, you know, gain a little insight into a team we don't see very often, which is fun, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just wish it wasn't the first game of a back-to-back for us, but, Ah, you know. Well, at least it's the first one, so they won't be too exhausted yet. True, true. Uh, But, but yeah, the the East Coast trips, you know, it tends to not be something that we necessarily think about too much on the West, and... Mm -hmm. I think no one thinks about us on the west, on the East Coast, uh, so it's always nice to get a little bit more publicity wow. coming to town. Have fans be like, "Oh yeah, the Coyotes are good this season." Well, that yeah. happen. If it makes you feel better, um, our boss, Steph Driver, is a very big Arizona Coyotes cheerleader. So she's always yelling at us when we're like, "Oh yeah, the Coyotes are good." She's like, "I've been telling you this for like two years now. No one listens to me." <laughs> No, we definitely don't, but they are good. It's fun. I like to see a team turn it around. Did I lose you, Carl? Uh, I'm back now. Okay, uh, perfect. It was reconnecting. No worries. Uh, I was like, 
I was just saying that um, if it made you feel any better, Steph Driver, our boss, is a big Arizona Coyotes cheerleader. Oh, yeah. So she's yeah. she's Definitely. always banging the drum, which is good. Yeah, it, it's nice because I, I think through various points, people are like, ah, Coyotes, no one necessarily cares about them. Especially, you know, starting to write when I did when, during all of the relocation rumors. It's mm. It's nice that the team is finally starting to get respect now and not just being like tapped to move to Quebec City next season. Yeah, right. Like, and that that was always fun. Yeah, and this is, you know, exactly how a team comes back into relevance and builds popularity just by being good. And they're they seem to be definitely good this season. So that's good for you guys. Oh yeah. Arizona so, is definitely a tough market with a lot of things to do. So you need to have yeah. more product. Yeah, that's true. I hiked the Grand Canyon like two weeks ago. It was amazing. But so the final thing I will ask you before we finish this up is to give me a kind of shot in the dark prediction for a final score in this game. I am going to say three, two overtime and i'm Hmm. gonna give it to the coyotes since they're good on the road all right three two overtime i could stand to never see another overtime i feel like (laughs) the entire month of november was spent in overtime for the flyers but i'll allow it i'm gonna say since the coyotes are a good road team and i am on a flyers hype train of positivity this season i'm gonna say um, four three flyers in a very close up and down game. No overtime, yeah. but up and down. Yeah, I mean, Let's see. yeah. Considering you guys just beat Toronto, what six one? I'd be fine with this game. Yeah, it's a little that that game was a little bit like if you just look at the score, you're like, wow, fairly whipped up on Toronto, but. It was kind of a, a really close game up until I think the last five minutes and then the Flyers just like put in a bunch of goals out of nowhere. So yes, they beat the the, the Leafs six one, but really they kind of beat them like three to one and then got a bunch of extra stuff at the end. So yeah, I mean three to I'll one. Still take still, it. Yeah. Still yeah, take yeah. It. <laughs> all right. So that's all I've got for you, Carl. Thank you again for hanging out with us. This was great. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Uh, anytime next time when you guys are in town, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Believe me, I'll be hitting you up for sure. I'm always trying to get people to do these things with me. So now that you're on the hook, that's it for you. You're going to hear from me every time. (laughs) Uh, it'll only be two times a season unless uh, the playoffs happen. Yeah. You've only got one more time to deal with me, so it won't be too bad. (laughs) We've got the Coyotes in Philly, 7 p.m. Tonight, actually. This is like the first time I've ever done one of these on game day. So that's cool. Up-to-date information for everybody. (laughs) Um, Carl, thank you again. Everybody enjoy the game. Go Flyers.